Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to the 7-Day Brew. My name is Ernest. Thanks for joining us. On the 7-Day Brew, I try to bring you a rundown of the news that is going to happen in the week ahead. But following what has happened in the last week, I'm not sure if I can tell you all that is going to happen in the coming few days. I'll try my best. But meanwhile, stay tuned because after the bulletin, a special comment. Our top story this week, the United States Federal Chair Janet Yellen is due to testify to the US Congress on Thursday, November 17th. Ms Yellen is expected to forecast and explain the Fed's position on economic outlook and its interest rate policy, especially since she has previously cited the forthcoming elections as a reason to avoid comments. The testimony will be set in a politically charged setting. President-elect Donald Trump has said the chair has created a false stock market held up by low interest rates, a move that he said was politically motivated. On the campaign trail, Mr Trump has repeatedly called for the replacement of Ms Yellen when her term ends in 2018. Till then, she faces the prospects of higher inflation, which will pose a challenge if a strong fiscal policy is set to be pursued to boost the economy. Meanwhile, economies across the globe will continue to look for signs of an imminent interest rate hike and if the chair can help ease uncertainties following the unexpected election of Mr Trump. In this week's bulletin, Singapore's position as a financial technology hub has come under threat over the last year. The first half of 2016 saw a record number of fintech investments in Asia, but both the number and volume of deals and exits in Singapore has remained stagnant. The Monetary Authority of Singapore and the Association of Banks in Singapore have jointly organized the Singapore Fintech Festival which begins on Monday, 14th November. The festival hopes to build a global fintech community to exchange knowledge and position Singapore as a smarter financial center in the region. I'm not sure what people mean when they say once in the blue moon, but I can tell you what they mean when they say once in the supermoon. That's technically uh, three times a year. The supermoon is expected to be seen over Singapore on Monday, November 14th at 9:52 p.m. local time. A supermoon occurs when the moon becomes full on the same days that it is closest to Earth, making the moon appear extra large. What makes this event special according to NASA is that Monday's supermoon will be the closest to Earth since 1948, making it an extra supermoon. This particular phenomenon is not expected to be seen again till November 25th, 2034. In sports, Southeast Asian nations will take to the pitch on Saturday, November 19th for the group stages of the Suzuki Cup. They kick off on Saturday afternoon with Group A matches between Thailand and Indonesia as the Philippines take on Singapore. The group features three past champions, Thailand, Indonesia and Singapore, but with the home ground advantage, the Philippines hope to create an upset and see themselves past the semi-finals for the first time. This week, special comment. Bigotry 
and ignorance towards those who hold opinions different from oneself's. So we have it. Donald J. Trump is the president-elect of the free world. This was unexpected but not surprising. There has been outcry over his election in the US and across the globe over the past week. Many angry that a campaign marked by bigotry, ignorance and fear could win the White House. More than 12 hours away, Singapore was not isolated from the global shockwaves of a Trump election. In fact, there has been one incident that caught my attention over the past week and is the object of this special comment. A screenshot from a WhatsApp conversation amongst a group of Hua Chong Institution students went viral for a day on Singapore's interwebs. The screenshots reveal elation amongst its participants with quotes such as Republicans take the House and Senate, more policing, less Latinos, and at least the rapid proliferation of feminism has been prevented. Netizens were quick to rebuke the boys, or at least till now they are assumed to be boys. A group of intersectional feminists called the Local Rebels stated that this was an example of Chinese privilege in Singapore. And others chimed in, suggesting that pride and elitism are the roots of their behaviour. And I believe that they have a right to do so. My argument today is twofold. One, that people have the right to criticise those with whom they disagree. While we aspire to live in a world of free expression, this right does not imply that all speech and ideas are right. In fact, more often than not, the right to free speech only preserves and protects the ability for people to be wrong. However, it is hallmark of democratic discourse that society must be able to reject and rebuke the ideas with which it sees as harmful, at times ignorant, and sometimes just blatantly wrong. A white supremacist might have the right to his or her ideals, and the freedom of speech must defend those rights. But it does not mean that the ideas are right. It is only by reason and persuasion that we can convince and change society into one that we aspire to live in. Two, that in order for society to evolve and change, we must in turn be open to ideas that at time conflicts with our own. We not only have to be tolerant to opinions and ideas with which we may be uncomfortable with, but be ready to be convinced and be open to change. This is the way democracy moves. And this is the way that its ideals are truly enshrined. For without that openness of mind, our society is forever locked into its chains of history. Therefore, when one suggests that either the colour of one's skin or the conditions of their upbringing has resulted in them being of lesser a class or cognitive ability, one might reason, convince and persuade them that they are wrong. Just as much as an African heritage should not impede one's potential of one's life and thought, so should their whiteness nor yellowness because ad hominem is of the most foundational fallacies which racism and bigotry was founded on. More importantly, we must as a society be ready to challenge and in turn be challenged because to recognise that the assumptions we hold that minorities are problems or that all are created equal 
it must be equally subject to the scrutiny of reason, for without it, we are no more than bigots ourselves. Till the next brew, I'm Ernest Poe.